0: Uh, we are in the book of Acts, uh, asking what, uh, asking about God's mission in the world. So the, the Acts of the Apostles, the Acts of the Holy Spirit is the story of, uh, of God's church and what he intends to do through his church. So we've been spending time uh, looking, go, just going through the book of Acts. We're going to go up to, um, through chapter 6, uh, and then we'll, we'll go into Advent after that, um, before before I invite our reader up to the front, uh, let me offer a word of prayer. Lord, I am, uh, I am so thankful. I am so blessed by uh, children leading us in worship this morning. Thankful for their... For their joy, uh, their enthusiasm, just uh, knowing that they are singing and having uh, these words that are very scriptural based um, in their hearts. Lord, we know that uh, music does a special thing in our lives and it just embeds itself not just in our minds but uh, somewhere deep inside of us. Um, So Lord, we pray that uh, as they continue to uh, learn songs, they continue to engage with your word and engage in fellowship downstairs. Lord, that you would uh, be impressing upon them your love, your grace, and your care, and who they are as your people. And God, for us, as we uh, remain up here and as we come under your word, Lord, I pray that uh, you would give us wisdom, that you would give us understanding, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would open us up uh, to know what you have to say for us. Lord, this is a challenging scriptural passage um, and uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's very severe, it feels like, um, but Lord, we know this is your word, and we want to uh, attend to the full counsel of your word. So let God give us the wisdom and the grace that we need to engage with it, and God, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Now, I'd like to invite Erica up front. Erica is going to, well, oh, Cora, Cora's going to read our scripture passage for the morning. Come on up.
1: All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerful at work in them all that that there was no needy persons among them. For from the time to those who owned land or houses sold them brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself but brought the rest and had put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you have received from the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not just lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And greater fear seized all who heard what happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped his body, and carried him out and buried him. Three, about three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, this is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the man who buried your husband are at the door. They will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young man came in and, fi- finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who had heard about the, these events. Okay, can you say, this is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. Amazing. Thank you very much. Well, I, um, I could think of no better way to compliment the children and the youth leading us in worship. Add to the joy of the morning than to preach on a story of two people in the early church who dropped dead because of their sin. <laughs> it just so happened that this passage was, uh, was on the day that the, the children were leading us, and so we want to... We want to be faithful in attending to the whole counsel uh, of God and his word, believing that all of God's word is instructive for our faith and for our life, no matter how challenging that may be. And this passage this morning is, it is challenging. Uh, It is not something maybe that uh, we would choose to read or or choose uh, choose to engage with on a regular basis, but... But here we are, up to this point in the church, in the book of Acts, the church has been solid. The church has been very firm in who they are. They are preaching Jesus Christ. They are preaching his death, his resurrection, his ascension. They are preaching salvation and no other name. They are firm and confident when they come up against the religious leaders who are opposing them. Uh, the, the apostles, they are sharing with one another. We read that they are selling their possessions, that they are selling their property and giving to all who have need, so that there's no need among them. They're meeting together daily for worship, to hear God's word, for the breaking of the bread, and for fellowship. The Spirit of the Lord is upon them. The Lord is doing a mighty work through this group, through these believers in Jesus. This is an ideal situation. This is an ideal community. This is uh, the ideal church. But then in chapter 5, a bit of reality sets in. This infamous story of Ananias and Sapphira, uh, this married couple who conspires together. They they see what's going on uh, in this community. They see that uh, people are selling possessions, they're selling property, and they're bringing it to the apostles. They're putting it at their feet. Uh, essentially, they're saying, here, this is yours, distribute it as you see fit for the, the benefit of this community. They see what's going on, and uh, maybe a light bulb goes off in their head, but they, they see this as an opportunity. Uh, they say, hey, Hey, we have, we have this piece of property. I'm, I'm just maybe imagining, filling in a little bit of the gaps. This isn't in, in the word, but I'm, I'm imagining it. They say to each other, hey, we have that, you know, that piece of property, down uh, the one down by the river that we don't, we don't typically use, we don't go there that often. And we could probably get a thousand shekels for that. We can sell this piece of property, then uh, we can bring the proceeds to the apostles, we can, we can tell them that, uh, hey, it's all there, and uh, we can take this thousand shekels, we can give the church, this new community, we give them 600 of it, and then eh, we, can, we can keep back for ourselves uh, maybe 400 of it, and it won't hurt, really, it won't hurt anybody. Look at, look at what's going on right now. Look at this guy Joseph from Cyprus. I think they call him Barnabas now. Uh, look at, he, he gave away uh, his property, he sold it, and look at how highly the people hold him in regard and um, how, how his status has been boosted in this community. He says, it's just a win-win situation. If you look at it, the church gets their money, we get to hold back some money, and we get to, to be boosted up as status. The people are going to love us for this, for this act of generosity. They don't need to know about it. It won't hurt them. And so this is what they do. Ananias brings uh, the, the proceeds before, before Peter. And he's intimating that this is the sum, the, this is the sum of everything that they have received for the sale of their property. And Peter, Peter full of the Holy Spirit, he, he knows what's going on. Peter calls him out and says, Ananias, how can you deceive the Holy Spirit? How can you lie to the Lord? Upon hearing this, Ananias, thump, he, he drops dead. Three hours later, is Sapphira, his wife, comes in. She's probably expecting an attaboy. Uh, just like um, Ananias was expecting an attaboy for this for this act of uh, supposed generosity. But instead, uh, she's confronted by Peter as well. She, too, lies to his face, and she, too, thump, drops, drops dead, drops dead on the ground. And so we're just left with, what is going on in this story? Why is this so severe? Why is this punishment so severe that is administered to Ananias and Sapphira? This morning we're gonna we're gonna try to we're gonna try to wrestle with this. Uh, why why is this happening? What is going on? And, and how can it be instructive for us in our walk as as Christ's disciples? I think the the first thing that we recognize is that this act uh, of Ananias and Sapphira, uh, this act is is not just um, a selfish act. It really it's threatening. The a whole community. It's threatening uh, to jeopardize the work of the community as a whole. Now, I think we're able to say this because we see a parallel story in the Old Testament. Uh, if you remember the Israelites, they've been wandering through the wilderness for decades. Um, then the Lord brings them to the edge of the promised land. They cross over the river. They cross over the Jordan. And they are, um, they are now in this stage of, hey, the Lord has brought us to the promised land. Now, this is a new time. We are a new people in God. And we are going to uh, take over this land that he's given to us. And the first place they come to, remember the first place, name of the first place? Jericho. Remember Jericho? Well, the people of Israel, they come to, to Jericho. This is a high-walled city. Um, and the Lord tells them, I'm going to give this city into your hands. Just follow my instructions and there's going uh, to be a lot of plunder. There's going to be a, a lot to take. You're going to see silver and gold and articles of bronze and, uh, and iron. I don't want you to touch them. I don't want you to take them. They belong in my treasury. These are devoted to me. And so you, you remember what happens. The, the Israelites, they, they march around the city uh, for six days. Uh, the seventh day, they march around the city seven times, and they, they give a big shout when the trumpet blows, and uh, the walls come, and the walls came tumbling down. Remember that? Joshua, battle of Jericho. So they're on this, this battle, this, this conquest now. Um, and they, the, the walls have just fallen down. They raid the city. Uh, they take the silver, the gold, the, the bronze, the iron, and they put it in the, the treasury of the Lord. And now they set their sights on the next place. They're moving west into Canaan, um, getting, getting this, this land that the Lord has promised to them. And so they send out some spies to, to scope out the next area. And the spies come back and they say, oh yeah, it's not, that. it's not that heavily fortified. We can just send up a couple thousand soldiers and we'll take this establishment, no problem. But something happens. Something happens where the, the soldiers go out, and strangely, they are defeated. They are routed by this small establishment of the enemy. And Joshua he goes before the Lord. He said, Lord, what is going on? Why did you bring us to this place only to have us defeated? And the Lord responds and he says, Israel has sinned. Israel has broken my covenant. Israel has lied, Israel has stolen, Israel has kept back those things which I told them not to. They've kept back for themselves. This is the same word that's used in our passage for Ananias. He has kept back, and now they have, have kept back. See, what happened was a man, do you know his name? Do you remember his name? Achan, yeah. The man Achan, uh, he was an Israelite. He was a part of this siege. He saw something that was very appealing to him. He saw some silver and he saw some gold and he saw this a Babylonian robe. He, he coveted them. He, he took them and he hid them in his tent. The Lord knows. The Lord knows what happens. And the Lord says, Israel has sinned. So it's not just Achan. It's not just Achan's family who is guilty. It is the whole community who is implicated. And the Lord says, I am not going to be with this people anymore until this problem is corrected, until uh, this problem is rooted out and rooted out and and destroyed. And so Achan, his family, his livestock, they they are destroyed. They are stoned. They're killed. What, how, does this, how, does this, how does this instruct us? Well, Ananias and Sapphira, they are representative of the whole church, as the church as a whole. And as these members go, so go the whole church. So what the Lord is doing is he is protecting his people. He's protecting uh, the mission of the church. He's protecting the church itself uh, by, by acting so severely towards Ananias and Sapphira. And so for us... It's good, to, it's good to think about for ourselves that when we sin, when we engage in activity or thoughts or attitudes that are outside of the Lord's will for us, it is not just hurting us, it is hurting the entire body. Because the Lord sees us not as a collection of individuals that gathers here, No, the Lord sees us as a body, not just a body, but as the body. The Lord sees us as the body of Christ, and when one of the members of the body goes astray, the whole body feels it, and the whole body suffers. And for this, in God's wisdom, in God's God's provision, in God's grace, he sends the Holy Spirit. And part of the Holy Spirit's role is to convict to illuminate the sin that is present in our lives. And the way that God sometimes does this is through our brothers and sisters in Christ who are full of the Holy Spirit, who are able to speak truth into our lives and to say to us, hey, it looks like you're going astray a little bit here. And so the question maybe that we have to ask ourselves as we look at this part uh, of the story is, uh, where Where are we allowing ourselves to to be accountable, to be held accountable? Are we coming before the Lord? Are we coming before the Lord and with the psalmist are we saying, Search me, Lord, and know me. Know what's in my heart. Illuminate for me where I am going wrong. Not just for myself, not just for me as an individual, but for the entire community of your people, Lord. For the sake of your church. And are we giving ourselves to God's people? Are we in relationships, deep enough relationships where we've given them permission to speak truth into our lives? Are we at a place where we can gather with a group of people or one or two people and say, hey, is there, do you notice anything that's going on in my life, anywhere that you think I'm, I'm going off the rails a little bit here? Are we in this place? Are we taking sin so seriously? Are we taking sin serious enough that we see this as a major threat to not just us as individuals, but to God's church and compromising the mission that God has before us? Well, God God provides for his church. God provides for the mission of the entire community and keeping, keeping them safe and set apart and protected from this lion, from this deceit. Uh, the second, second thing uh, that we see happening in this, uh, uh, Ananias and Sapphira are, are judged so severely, perhaps, because they opened the door, they opened the invitation for Satan uh, to work in this fledgling community, in this fledgling church. Peter says to Ananias, Ananias, how could you, how could you be so filled by Satan. Now Satan in scripture, he's a, he's a personal, a created, spiritual being who is opposed to God and to God's ways. If we think about well, the language that's used of Satan in Scripture, and we, we hear that Satan is the accuser. He's called uh, the adversary. Satan is called the, the deceiver. He's, the, he's called the prince of demons. He's the one who leads astray. In the book of John, he is called by Jesus the father of lies. Well, Satan in his work is he is opposing God's kingdom. Well, Satan is in charge of the, the spiritual forces of evil. And we know that Satan has been defeated, but his, his reign and his, um, and his control has not been totally put down. So Satan is continuing to oppose God's kingdom and God's purposes. And what he's doing in the church is he's trying to uh, lead Christians away from spreading the message of the good news. He's trying to make us ineffective. He's trying to keep us from maturing as Christ's disciples. He is combating against God's kingdom by his forces well Ananias and Sapphira you can see it this, this stark contrast on the one hand you have the community of God's people full of the Holy Spirit and they are, they're selling possessions and property and, and giving to the apostles so that they can distribute so that nobody has need on the one hand that but on the other hand you have Ananias and Sapphira full of Satan filled by Satan in their heart And they are going against, they are lying, they are deceiving the community. Well, God is stepping in he's saying, no, we are going to close the door to Satan and Satan's work right here and right now. So Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, he calls out Ananias, he calls out Sapphira, and the door is closed. I th- this is this is a little bit hard. This is a little bit harder for us, um, where we we're engaging with some of these realities. Um, we are we are people uh, we like empirical evidence. Now, we like to believe based on what we see and what we experience. So we talk about Satan uh, and some of the things that are unseen. It's, it's a little bit harder for us to, to come to terms with or to grasp, but I think God's word is very clear that there is a, a struggle, a cosmic struggle going on um, in places that we cannot see. Paul, in the book of Ephesians, if you remember chapter 6, he says, our, our battle is not against uh, flesh and blood. This is not our struggle No, our struggle is against the powers, against the authorities, against uh, the rulers of darkness of the earth and against the powers in the heavenly realms. This This is what we are struggling against. Satan, even though he's been defeated... He's not been completely put down. And so he is still speaking, trying to speak into our lives. He's still trying to entice us with his lies, with his temptations. He's still trying to deceive us that we are not God's own. He's trying to say to us, God, oh, God doesn't love you. God has never loved you, never has, and never will. How can God love someone like you? Satan is still trying to speak these lies into us, saying, oh, God, no, he's not going to provide for you. You need to look out for yourself. No, God, you can't trust him. You need to make a name for yourself. You need to store up all the money and all the power and all the resources you can get because nobody's watching out for you besides you. You need to make sure that you are taken care of. These are the lies that Satan continually speaks into us. But Jesus Christ, God, through his power, There is power in the cross, and the resurrection has defeated Satan. And we know without a doubt that God does indeed love us, that God has claimed us as his own, that there is nothing that can take us out of his grasp, that God does provide for us everything that we need so that we can be generous, so that we don't have to rely on ourselves, so that we can use our resources for the benefit of God's kingdom. Yes, Satan is still active. Satan is still trying to entice us away, but Jesus Christ is the victor. So we live not, not into sin and temptation, giving Satan a foothold. We live in the victory that Jesus Christ has purchased for us. Ananias and Sapphira are dealt with in a severe way, maybe because their actions are deeply inconsistent with who the church is as god 's people now in the in the old testament we 'll start with the New Testament in the New Testament, um, we read that these believers are full of the Holy Spirit. We see it happen at pentecost we 've seen it uh, happen a couple different times uh, in Acts up to this point where the Holy Spirit comes down and, and fills the believers. We may take this for granted. We may say, okay, this, isn't, this is what we read a lot. This happens at Pentecost. We know. But back in the Old Testament, this was not the case. This is a big deal that this was happening. In the Old Testament, God's, uh, God's uh, spirit or God's presence, he confined himself to, to where he confined himself to a temple. He confined himself to the, either the stationary temple of Jerusalem or he confined himself uh, maybe to the, to the mobile temple when they were in the wilderness, uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, but the, the point is that God uh, constrained his presence to a certain place. And if you wanted to be near to God, if you wanted God to be present, you had to go to that place. You had to go to the temple. But the problem with that was is that you couldn't even get that close. You couldn't get that close because God's, because of God's holiness and because of God's uh, otherness and God's greatness, a sinful and impure people could not stand before God. But we see all of this changing uh, in the New Testament because God Himself comes to dwell uh, with this sinful people. That uh, Jesus Christ, God the Son, He walks the earth in complete alignment to God's will. He walks in perfection to God's will. And Jesus Christ, he he goes on the cross for the sins that he didn't commit, for our sins. And in doing so, he he makes us clean. By his death and by his resurrection, we are cleansed of our sin, our stain and our blemish. And then the Holy Spirit is sent upon the church. The Holy Spirit is sent upon God's people. God uh, does not reside in a temple. God does not reside in a building. God resides in a people. God resides in his church. So for Ananias and Sapphira uh, to be acting in a way that is is so deceptive uh, in this early church is completely out of alignment with who God has made and claimed these people to be of the church in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 1. So the the church is a gathering. It's God's holy people, the people that God has made pure. This is our status that has been given to us by Jesus Christ. This is the status that's been given to us, and now God empowers us and calls us to live out that status. And for Ananias and Sapphira to do this, they are acting in complete misalignment. They're going contrary to what God has called for his people and what God has called for his church. God is preserving and protecting the holy status of his church. Now, we may read this passage. You may read this passage and you you may think, like, like this this is some serious business. And yes, it is. It is very serious business. The church, the beginning of the church, uh, it could not be coated with this DNA that was full of deceit and it was full of lying. And we read, but what happens after Ananias drops dead, what happens after Sapphira drops dead, is that there was a great fear. That there was a great fear that spread throughout. We read this and, and we may have that same feeling. That same feeling of fear. Hopefully, you have uh, maybe a feeling of fear, but also this this feeling that comes up of of worship. That who is this God? Who is this God that knows everything? Who is this God uh, who is wise in his judgment? Who is this God who who acts so powerfully and so strongly against sin in the early church? Well, this is the God who protects his church from lies spreading into the whole community. This is uh, the God who has sent his spirit to, to convict the church of their sin so that we are not led astray. This is the church, or this is the God who has provided uh, a victory who has not allowed Satan uh, to have reign within his church? Now, this is a God who has provided for uh, the holiness of his church and provides for the protection and the maintenance of that holiness through his Spirit and through Jesus Christ. Oh, well, the church is established. By Jesus Christ, the, the Church is empowered by the Holy Spirit, and God keeps His church going, God keeps caring for, watching over, giving to His church everything that they need, everything that we need, so that this mission can be carried out, this mission of carrying salvation to the nations in the name of Jesus Christ. So may our, may our hearts be captured. Be so enthralled with God's grace. May our lives be daily submitted to him so that we live into God's call for his church and we trust him, we look to him every step of the way. All God's people said, Amen.